reason we could never be who we wanted and dreamed to be in is you kept your knee on our neck. It's time for us to stand up and say, get your knee off our necks. In the words of Ishmael Hanya, some people think that the truth can be hidden in a little cover-up and declaration. But as time goes by, what is true is revealed, and what is fake fades away. This is the NEI Report with host Doreen Wayne, president and founder of Salem United, Inc., your host on the NEI Report. I would like to thank you for joining me on my show. Our topic today, media, 42 years survival through radio as a black man. Joining us is Ray Antoine of For Your Pleasure, heard on WMBR 88.1, a student community station. Ray, Welcome to my show. Well, thank you very much for having me on. First, I'd like to open up by saying congratulations on 42 years. What inspired you to go into radio to begin with? A well, long story start, short, I'm going to do it this way. When I was about seven years old, I was first interested in meteorology. I had, uh, my brother had a friend who was at MIT who was a meteorologist. So he used to bring me over weather maps. So I was all into that. But eventually I said, ah, you, know, you had to take physics and stuff like that. And I, that was my thing. But a friend of mine and I, we had a little turntable. So we kind of pretended we were doing radio. And I had gotten for Christmas, I don't know if you remember those Caravel radios? Oh, yes. Well, what we didn't know at the time was we took a copper wire, put it around the antenna and stuck it out the window. It broadcasted like two blocks. So we had music going, and then we were having, okay, we're going to play a secret sound. If you know what the secret sound is, I'll tell you. We, we will call you and tell us what the secret sound is. So we actually called somebody on the phone and said, did you hear the sound? And and that was it. We started with that part. And then after that, not until I went to BU, I had a chance to do radio there my sophomore, junior year. And that's where I learned radio. I had gone to school, the School of Communications, but they didn't teach radio. All they did was teach you production, which isn't all radio. And there were people who had come up through radio systems or worked for radio stations. So that's where I learned. And now you're inspired. So you get ready to get into it. So how hard was it as a black man to be in radio well, because I was in a community station, it was open for, obviously, students because it was MIT, as well as people from the community. The main thing is you had to come in, take classes to learn the engineering part. You had to take a four-hour test, which was grueling. And if you passed, then you became an engineer. And at the time, I had passed, but I wanted to do production. I didn't want to be on the air. So at the time, there was a show called The Ghetto, which had been around since 
1970 or 71, and it was the R&B black program in Boston. Oh, yes, I know it well. All the other stations, there was RBB and Northeast and other stations, they copied what the ghetto was. The weird thing was the people who put the ghetto together, when I was at BU, we had a show called Red, Black, and Green, which I found out later, the same people, because two of the guys went to BU, started Red, Black, and Green, which is probably the, what, the adopted child of the ghetto. But this show ran for first, it went seven days a week, mostly from 11 o'clock at night to three in the morning. And then we eliminated Saturdays, so it was strictly a four-hour show until it met its demise back in um, 84, no, back in 1980 in June. And and there's a that, long story behind that. But is that when you it. began For Your Pleasure? When, when the show ended, and I don't know if you really want to know this, the, there was a personality conflict between our executive producer, P.J. Porter, and the general manager. They didn't get along together. And they had us do a fundraiser. The station had never done a fundraiser before. And they put us on, on on Sunday. Had to do it all day. Of course, nobody was giving money. Nobody. We'd never done that before. And then a week later, they canned the show. So, and then after that, I just engineered other shows like um, Arthur Kempton's For Lovers Only that used to be on Sundays from 10 to 12, which inspired me to do my show, and then the program director came up to me and said, you know, we only have one R&B program on the station. Do you want to do your show? I said, I'll think about it. I got back to him, and then on October 21st... It was born. Yes. <laughs> so, being the only... Well, the, I'm, I'm assuming that at that point in time, there were only two. So how receptive was the community of... Cambridge, as we know Cambridge very well, uh, how receptive were they to the show? In the beginning, I think they were wondering, who is this guy and what is the show about? I didn't know exactly what theme to find for myself, but I've always liked Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang. And I went by Ray Antoine when I did The Ghetto I didn't go by that name. So I think they were wondering, where did I pop up from? And the original show was kind of mid-tempo and slow. In fact, my first song on it was The Whisper is Contagious, which is kind of an upbeat show. And after the second week, I said, nah, I'm slowing this thing down. And so it slowed. Originally, the name was going to be For the Moment, which was a show I had at BU. A friend of mine's girlfriend I told him, and she said, oh, for your pleasure. I'll go with it. And there we are. Okay, so you you were doing for your pleasure for, what, 38 years? 38, yes. What inspired you to get up every Sunday and do this? Well, I had worked in radio stations, commercial stations. That was my job. And this was kind of a thera therapeutic thing for me because when I'm at work, you're doing everything. They got the rules and everything else. Doing this show, that was me. I was in my world. I was in control of what I was playing, 
what I was saying, my two hours of sheer bliss. I didn't even think about, because I'm coming in at 10 o'clock at night till midnight. In fact, I'd be there at 8, 8 at night till midnight, maybe leave there at 12.30, maybe 1 in the morning, depending. Like A lot of times I didn't have a vehicle, so I'd go on a bus, whether it came or not, long walk. But it, I just kind of got into it. And I kept on saying, well, maybe I can do this for five years or six years. And just it just kept going and going. And then the people started calling. And then I would put out the address, and they would mail their requests or dedications and just got onto a roll. Now, after 42 years, there's been a lot of change in the industry. How have you maintained your stability during all these changes? Through the changes in the music industry, I kind of stayed within myself where I didn't suddenly change with whatever the, the hot thing was. When I play music, I'll listen to a song. I might give it one chance. If I don't think it's that good, you aren't going to hear it again. There's a lot of songs out there right now, new artists, and they aren't that great. Some of them you can tell they can't sing that well, or the orchestration in the background isn't that great. I'm very choosy about what I play on the show, and I try to figure out, do the listeners enjoy what I'm playing? Sometimes I'll play songs that I like. I say, okay, see if they like what I like, see if I get any um, comments, any reaction. And that's how I piece together the show. Now, who would you say your community base is? Who listens to you every Sunday? Wow. Students, I mean, people at the station when they're home, um, people driving around. When the show used to be on at midnight, because they moved me one time, I was on from midnight to three, my audience from there, I used to call them the third shift. It would be either taxi drivers or people working the overnight shift, and they would call me. It was a whole different feel to what they wanted to hear. The normal audience, you know, listening to me, as before we did all the streaming that we had now, 10 to 12, and plus... I had the incarcerated people listening to me, which at the, in the beginning, I was like, hmm, I'm getting these letters. Where is this from? And I'm looking at the address. I said, I, I think I know this address. And it's coming from South Bay and Barnstable, uh, Shirley, um, Norfolk. I was conquered. What the hell? And... I'm reading it and I'm seeing their dedications and requests. And then I was reading them on the air, but they were too abundant. There was so many and they'd repeat names all over the place. So that's why I came, when I came up with the roll call, the theory behind the roll call was it's like being in the military, you gotta get in line and they call your name, you say, here. Well, in this case, the roll call, I went down the list of dedications and I had that for I forget how many years. Now, I don't want to age myself, 
by any stretch of the imagination. But do you think you still have listeners that were listening to you back in the days still listening to you today? Scarily, yes. <laughs> There's this one guy, George, who when we were down the station, we haven't been there for because of the pandemic. He used to call me every Sunday, and he would always ask me for a jazz song, be it, be it Miles or... Um, Cannonball Adderley or something like that. I said, okay, it'd be my mission every week. I go and get him a song. Or I said, George, I found a better one. I'm going to play this for you tonight. He goes, okay, I'll be listening. So he got me into that mode where I started playing some jazz stuff during my show, as well as the R&B ballads. And sometimes I slip in some other artists because I think they're good too. Oh, that's great. So now I know I'm not the only one that asks for jazz. Good. <laughs> that's wonderful. So now, of course, we are talking on my podcast show. Mm -hmm. But do you believe that podcasts are helping uplift the black community? Or do you think it has limited opportunities in the black community? Somehow I feel it's the people who host the show, what direction they're going into, what is their mindset, what is the mission that they are putting out there. Some of them, and I don't want to be general, but they put out good information, they, they want community um, response. Some it seems to be just, they want to just put out whatever's on their mind, whether it's a positive for the community or it could be kind of negative. Negative not to bring down the community, but they are thinking about, well, things definitely have to change and all this, but they don't really back up their words. They just throw stuff out there to see what sticks. Now, do you think it has any effect on, for example, what you do? Because a lot of, there are a lot of podcasts out there just playing music. Podcasts, I don't think. Pirate stations, yes. There are loads of pirate stations that pop up. And for people who don't know the difference, pirate station does not have a license. Anybody can buy a transmitter, a small transmitter, put an antenna on top of your roof or whatever, and you can broadcast. This is illegal because the FCC, who holds a license for all the stations, have certain bands that they give to whoever the licensee is, right? We're 88.1. Emerson is 88.9. I can tell you right now there's two stations in between and two pirate stations in between us. And some people get all bent out of shape and say, oh, I don't believe they took that off, and why did they do that? Because it's an illegal thing. And the problem is people complain, well, we can't get a license. Well, it costs money to get a license, and they don't want to fork out the cash. So they will continue to broadcast illegally until the FCC or somebody blows the whistle on them, as we know some stations that in the past that we know about, <laughs> they end up being shut down. And people get all upset. I said, it's because you can't do illegal things, and people refuse to play by the rules. Well, there you go, folks. You heard it. If you want to listen to the real thing, turn on WMBR 88.1 FM. It's also online. They can get it online as yes, well, correct? WMBR.org. They can listen there live or 
we also, if you go to the website, WMBR.org, and there's a place that says archives, you click on it and then just find whatever show you want to hear. Click on that and you can hear it. And they keep two weeks worth of each show that we have. That is great. Now, you cater to R&B music, but those of us who listen on a regular basis know that you put a little oomph in there, a little bit of news, news opinion, I call it. <laughs> Do you feel that activism should be a part of your and any music show? I don't care what people think. I just do it right. This is my show. I take, I take responsibility. That's why I do a disclaimer at the end. As long as you disclaim what you say, it has nothing to do with MIT, has nothing to do with the management of the station. There are times when people want to hear the music, but I say, hey, I got to tell you about what's going on in this community or in this country or in this world that's affecting all of us, whether you want to listen or not. Some people might think, oh, here's those two minutes where I'm going to change, I'm going to do something because I know he's going to yap for two minutes and then I'll come back and pick up on the rest of the music. Well, so be it. But there are issues that I see happening that people should know about and should think about. You know, I don't want to sometimes say, I'm sorry I, I ruined your night or maybe threw everything off, but these are little things I think you should be aware of if you don't know. And there's sometimes I find stories that, I think kind of go under the radar and I'll pull them up, pull them up. Like for example, our old town Cambridge with the banning the fur thing. I'm like, huh? <laughs> you know, but I wonder how many people know that because it's buried in a story probably on page 99 or something, just little things like that to, for people to be aware of. Okay. So earlier in the conversation, I said community radio. Does that mean for all those who might want to listen to your show and advertise on it? Are you allowed to advertise or is there no advertising? We are not allowed to advertise. We are a nonprofit station, but we can underwrite. Now, <clears throat> the difference, underwriting and commercials is like if it's a duck, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a, it's a duck, but it's a way that the words are written. It's a, it's a way how they do it that they may say, Doreen Wade, um, Salem United, drink it. They don't give an address, all that kind of stuff. You know, if you want to hear, if you want to hear uh, the issues the way it should be, Salem United Inc., drink it, something like that. You can't say, yeah, be sure to turn to blah, 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 blah. You can't give out all the information you see in a real commercial. It has to be just very specific but we can do underwriting. In the past, we have had underwriters for certain programs. In fact, I had one. It was my barber. He was my underwriter for about two years. Oh, okay. And for them, it's, you know, it's a tax-exempt thing, you know, for underwriting a nonprofit event or a nonprofit station like us. So, yes, we can have that, but they aren't considered commercials. Like We have a fundraiser coming up. And we have various venues like ice cream shops or maybe a pizza place. So before we used to be down the station, they would provide food. We give them mentions. I think this year, if they want to donate or something to us, we give them a mention. Works the same way as underwriting. Okay. And you do something very interesting every Sunday as well. 
you do Black History Facts. Mm -hmm. Why why did you start that, and why do you think it's important to have it in your show? I think it goes about the same way that with me doing the issues, news issues. I feel that, first of all, Black History Month isn't long enough to emphasize it because I'm going to be on maybe four Sundays on a Friday, on a February. That's the only time I said no. People should know about characters within black history, not even the famous ones, the, one, the people that you don't know contributed to so many things in this country and in the world. And I've had the obvious folks, but then I also kind of dig into various places like biography.com, history.com, and I find people like, oh, I didn't know this person did this. And a lot of times when I did it on my show, like George again, he said, I heard that black fact. I didn't know about this. And I'm sure a lot of people don't know about these folks who have contributed but you don't find out about it because that's the way how <clears throat> roughly the history of this country has been. And now people are uprising and say, oh, no, 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 We're gonna, you got to make all this fact because that's what the world was about. People of color, black, yellow, whatever, brought inventions, changed everything, and made this a better place. And you do it in a very interesting way as well because you put it to music. What what made you decide to put it to music? I don't think, something I think with my voice and regretfully hearing me like this, is that great, just dry doing history facts, doing when I do the issues, when I tell people the songs I play. I feel the music helps kind of keep people listening they don't hear me drone on so even though i'm in a way droning but i hear the music kind of takes you kind of down a different path so it makes it's like you make a meal and you just kind of putting spice on it just to make it taste a little better <laughs> that and that's that's the way i was thinking i mean i never asked anybody i said I think it'll work this way, and I just let it fly. If it doesn't work, it doesn't, but I've been doing that ever since, ever since. Now, I know before COVID, you were also doing something interesting and different. Uh, you developed your own promo soap opera. <laughs> Could you, for those and, who and, have... And, and wait a minute, and, and who is my... Co uh, conspirator. I don't know who that was. <laughs> but for those of those who don't know about this soap opera promo, tell us a little about it because it, it really is cute. It, it was kind of interesting because every show, well, most of the shows down MBR had promos. And, you know, oh, yeah, coming up, uh, we're going to be doing this. So you're going to be hearing RB, blah, blah, blah. I said, boy, this is drab. <laughs> I said, and I was sitting around, I said, I started writing, writing this proposal for this promo, and I said, "Well, I need a little help here." So I reached out to my co-conspirator, which uh, I think you should all should know who it is, as I point to her across the across the table. <laughs> yes, it is me, Doreen. And what I would do is, 
I would write the script, pass it to her, and she would kind of edit it. Because when I did it, my thinking was, okay, this is where it comes out, but I need a woman's point of view to round it out. Because I was coming from my point of view. I said, no, so what does a woman think about this? So she was like, oh, yeah, well, take this out, and it should go like this. and go. Okay. So we did our first one. And I will tell you the first one. I don't know if we even have it anymore. <laughs> took, took place in a bar. <laughs> in fact, let me tell you how it went. I even remember it so well. Like, you were sitting there, and I came walking in and talking to the bartender. I bought you a drink. And I said, no, I got the, t- the tab. And you actually hear me take, co- no, I had coins. I dropped coins. That shows how poor I was. So, <laughs> and we're talking. And then and then it ended there. And the next one, we were finishing our conversation. I, It was raining. I had an umbrella. I walked into the bus. And then it started growing. And then we said, okay, what can we do next? What should we do after this? Okay, we got on the bus. So somehow, do they still talk to each other? what's going through his mind, what's going through her mind, and then it started building and building and building. In the meantime, the people at MBR were listening, you know, because they would play my promo during their show and trying to figure out, okay, what's the next segment? What's coming up next? What's coming up next? And I said, I don't know, because we just went one at a time. We, we rarely did more than, like, three in a row. I said, I don't know where it's going. No, I said, you're going to have to listen, because I don't know. And it just grew. In fact, we are bringing it back. <laughs> After our pandemic hiatus, we are bringing And Doreen is all excited because, no, she no, she does a great job in sending the direction the right way. She said, well, this should be like this. And then I'll look at it and say, yeah, okay. Suppose I do this. Well, that's pretty good too. But if you do this, and we just throw things back and forth and, up comes the promo. That's all those years of writing that I did, or yep. either that or I have a weird imagination. But she does a great job, let me tell you, because I think if I did it, you would know that it was all me doing it. It's just weird, but she puts her input in. I come up with the song at the end, and then... Well, I think we have time, and we should take a moment and fit one in. Why don't we let them listen to it? Sounds good to me. Hope Kev kept listening to the show. I nodded off before for your pleasure ended at midnight. Love those R&B love songs Sunday night at 10 on 88.1 WMBR-FM. I'm glad I can catch what I missed online at WMBR.org. It's almost 4 o'clock. I got to get out of here before... Oh, God, what does Kevin want now? I know you're getting ready, Dee, but did you hear last night's show? Part of it. I fell asleep before. You'll never guess what happened. You had a dedication. I know. I asked Ray. No, from John. Remember John? He used your nickname, Bright Eyes. So what? We don't talk anymore. Seems he's actually not over you by that song. Okay, Mr. Drama Queen. Gotta run. Meeting Ray at five. Dee, I'm worried about that message John sent. If it's that important, meet me at Flashes. Ray's got an appointment later. We'll talk after he leaves, okay? Okay. For your pleasure, with Ray Antoine, Sunday nights at 10 on 88.1 FM, WMBR Cambridge, and online at WMBR.org. Okay, so I hope everybody enjoyed that. Um, Yes, that is my voice. I'm sure you 
recognized it. Um, now I'd like to get now I'd like to get a little deeper into um, a little of the blackness that I like to bring out in my shows. Uh, do you think the voice of black radio has been dulled since ex-president Donald Trump took office? Or do you think left office actually when he came in when he came in he went on a rampage about the media mm -hmm. but we also know he went on a rampage and disrespected many black media especially black women so do you think now that he's out of office uh the black voice is coming back or do you think it's still limited by his his continuous uh, de demeaning of they, the black media. They've been enhanced. They have come out in droves now. I mean, regret, yes, he, well, everyone knows, he didn't like anybody. I mean, it was all about him. Yes. But what he did was actually lit a fire, not only underneath the black community, of all those people of color, of women. I don't think he knew what, well, I don't, I really don't think he knows what he's doing anyhow, but I don't think he realizes what he has done. He, we all remember what happened for the Civil Rights Act and when we had uh, Black oh, yes. Panthers and all that. Oh, yes. But no, he has brought, he has forced voices to come out and brought it up to a higher level. They aren't afraid of them. They're going to make their voices known. They're going to make, make it so that if he gets in, which I don't, I doubt he will, but. Uh, uh they're gonna be fighting. They they are on a rampage. He's he's pissed them off. He said, "No, we're down. We've been down long enough. The hell with you. We got to make this known. We have to get everybody behind us. You see what's going on. Do you want to live this way? Well, we sure in hell don't want to. Get on board. Ain't no stopping us now. And and it's about time people come back on the ain't no stopping us now train." <laughs> it went for a bit, and it died out. I think he lit the match underneath the kettle. Okay, now, on the status of radio, period, never mind even black radio, but on the status of radio, period, do you think radio is dying? Do you think it's a dying art? Or do you feel that it is surviving? And if it is surviving, do you think it's hurting black radio and enhancing every other radio? Black radio has been up and down. Ownership has undermined black radio. And I don't mean ownership of those of non-color. I think a people of color has undermined their own people. Yeah, well, we have a history of that because um, I don't know how many people listening remember WILD. But WILD was bought by Radio One, which is TV One. Mm -hmm. And she came in, bought it, and then closed it. Uh, they said that they weren't making enough money. They weren't making an impact. That's bull. Yeah, because it was the only black radio station in, in yep. uh, maybe, well, outside of community radio, 
wasn't it like the only black radio station in Massachusetts? There was another one, but it was on AM. And AM is like, if you have a radio station on AM and you're playing music, is please. AM compared to FM. FM just blows the doors off of it. And they just, they had bad management. They programmed the whole station wrong. Being the only black station, they could have put together R&B, a little hip-hop here and there, working some jazz, working some slow jams, get some talk shows. They, They would kick everybody's butt, anybody who tried to touch them. But they claimed, oh, we aren't making any money, we have to do this. They pulled... ILD, which was on FM, as everyone remembers, ILD used to be on AM until the sunset and <laughs> disappeared into the <laughs> night. But also, they had pulled a station from Philadelphia. Since when does a black station not make it in Philadelphia? Philadelphia, yeah. Really? And yeah. then there was a couple other stations. It was all about the cash. Yeah, she went around the country just and, shutting down yeah, radio And they didn't try. They didn't try. And then, did they sell it? Yeah, they ended up selling it and ended up being a rock station or something like that and i think at one point it was um asian Mm -hmm. and now i think it's latino which isn't which is all right because the latino voice is rare rarely heard on uh radio but this could be so much better if they put more money into it i think they what they were in the money that they were getting for radio on was going to tv one yes and that's why the budget said okay we'll rob from peter to pay paul and then after that, we did have, what was it supposed to be, 96.9? And then all of a sudden, that went off of the air. Yes, it changed. I forget what it is. And now we have Urban Heat. Yes. I forget what the call letters are. I don't remember. I know there's something on AM, but like I said, AM. No, they're on FM. I think okay. it's 97.1 or something like that. Well, there's one on 1420 AM, but... Like I said, it's an AM station. So, you know, you hear the music, but there's a little hum in the background. That's a bad part about it. Is that the station that's out of Cambridge? No. it's In fact, I don't know where it is. Someplace in Boston. Because there is one out of Cambridge that's on AM. Okay. I haven't heard that. But AM is, I mean, I understand what they're doing. But logistically, if you're going to do music, AM's not the place to be. Now, getting back to... Now, wait, sorry to interrupt. Then you were talking about podcasts. Podcasts is kind of like radio. So I don't think radio's dying. It's what you put into it. We're a radio station. So we're going over the terrestrial waves as well as being streamed. What are podcasts? They're streamed. You can get them on your phone or whatever. Yes. In a way... It's the same thing. So is it just a different kind of radio? You don't have this studio around you. You can do it from your house. You can do it from your living room. You can just sit in front of your screen or something, have your mic or whatever. In a way, it's a different type of broadcasting. It's just, it's like, it's radio. Unless you do a video. So if you do a video, it's radio on TV. (laughs) In a way, that's what it is. Well, luckily, thanks to Drake at Access TV, 
Um, I'm blessed to have a studio to use. Oh, so. yes. This is a nice studio. Yeah, this is really nice. Well, I don't think radio is dying. I mean, sometimes at MBR and the MIT students come in and be trained. I said, listen, I know you guys like to do all this video stuff, but radio is for the mind. You can do anything on radio. For Here's an example. When I was at BU, it was during... A blizzard we had. I forget. Blizzard 78, I think it was. So, so okay. I just aged myself. But anyhow, <laughs> so we were down the campus station, and then we had this kid, Roger Allen McBride. Unbelievable brain for comedy. Now, remember the, TV, uh, the movie, The War of the Worlds? Yes. Well, he took that and spun it, The War of the Dorms, in which we were like news people. Reporting on, up oh, they're, they're coming into Shelton Hall and cutting down the doors and they're being attacked by snowballs from the roof. None of this happened. But we put it together, and there were people who actually were looking outside their dorm windows wondering what the heck was going on. <laughs> now, meanwhile, our station was carrier current, and carrier current meant it only went to the dorms, even though everybody didn't have it on. But so you we created something. It wasn't really happening. It's something what you can do in radio. Okay. It's all the imagination if you have to. I just do music. You know, I'm playing music, put my voice out there. Will they entertain if, if they like it or not? I don't know. It just goes by feedback. And when you're doing radio, if you weren't here right now, let's say I was sitting here by myself, you're talking into the microphone and you have no idea if anyone's listening. You are literally talking to yourself. Correct. If you think about it. So you do a two-hour show, a one-hour podcast. You have no idea. Until they get feedback, or when we're down the station, that they'll call you. You're just talking to thin air. But you're having fun doing it, and you have the ability to create. That's what radio does. You can do more creating on radio than you do, can do on TV. Yeah, I like the fact that um, I can call on anybody and say, come, I want to interview you. I think we need this topic. We need that topic. We need this topic discussed. And they come. And that's, that's the nice thing. I, I really appreciate it. Or what you have there, they can't come. You can call. You can call, yes. No, oh. bang. Right there. I said, can I, can I have you for a couple of minutes? Yeah, bang. There they are. Oh, technology. I'm, I'm, I'm learning it. I, I'm getting a lot better. <laughs> Let me tell you, folks. She has learned more than when we first started doing promos and things like that. She, she used to watch me, and I said, listen, it's not that hard. You'll figure it out. It'll just come natural. <laughs> and she goes, I don't want to. I said, don't worry. Don't worry. I said, everyone thinks that in the beginning, and then smooth sailing. I'm still saying I don't want to, and now I've got this Yeah, it's right in front of you. <laughs> learning how to operate this and all these buttons, but it's it's really exciting. I'm, I'm And I really appreciate you coming on. This is my inaugural show. This is your creation. Yeah. This is your dream. So what you have right now, you've given birth to your dream. And that's what's in front of you. Yes. It's like when I do my show, that was my dream, just... Let me just do a radio show. And as I said, I was only thinking maybe five years. and Yes. <laughs> but it does allow me a difference from, um, because we've been working together for a lot of years. We aren't going to say how long. And <laughs> it, it 
this allows me to, to be even more vast than I was when I had the magazine company. Yes, yes. So, because this, it, not that I didn't reach people because I did go international with the, with the magazine, but this just is an unending array of people who I could reach. And it's also an instant gratification because you will get feedback faster yes. through this way yes. than through your newspaper. Yes, yes. So you touched on it a minute ago when you said you were talking to st students. What do you tell young people that want to get into radio today? If you take it from the students that I end up training, are you talking about my normal job or talking about MIT? Because it's, two, two, it's almost two different thoughts. The MIT kids, and most of them are super brains, you know, you know, uh, electrical engineers, uh, uh, nuclear scientists and all this. So they're smart as anything, but they don't know what radio is about. So you have to dumb it down and make it easy on them. Like, saying, okay, turning on a microphone is like turning, in order for it to work, think of it as a faucet. You have to, to turn the faucet to have the water come through and come out to go into your glass. Well, in this case, if you don't have, bring this fader up, no one's going to hear you. So until you're talking to the mic, you have that up, go through the mic, go through the wire, end up going out the antenna, boom. So I try to make it easy for them, even though they're brains, and make them understand that way. Where I work and we train people, most of the time they've been in radio, but it's only to get them used to the way how we do things. So you got to do it slow. You got to explain to them, this is how you go about it. You don't rush through this. Because sometimes it takes maybe eight classes, eight, maybe nine classes for them to get it. And said, so don't worry about it. Don't worry. Everyone makes mistakes. But when you get there and when you pass and you have a show, then you enjoy what you're doing. And that's what it comes down. If you enjoy it, people will know that you're having fun doing something. If you don't really like it, people can tell right off the bat. I said, don't look for... The greatest in the world, perfection. I said, nobody does anything perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. I said, I make, I make mistakes all over the place. But as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, that's all that counts. I know you feel this way, but what responsibility do you feel that a black radio host has in bringing out culture, your culture, ethnic culture? Commercially or on podcasts or? In any form, in any form. What do you feel is your responsibility to make sure that at some point you bring some kind of culture into your experience? Well, sadly, some people say, well, it's up to the host what they want to do. But in the back of my mind, I said, you have some sort of obligation. I mean, through my years, and you can figure out how old I am with people, but I've seen stuff. I watch what's happening now, and there are times I just sit and shake my head and say, wait a minute, that don't people realize about this? Don't people realize, now and I'm not quite like you, I mean, you're like out there a lot. <laughs> I'm not, I, and ask Doreen, I tend to be in the background, but that's by choice. But when I'm on the air and I see something, I feel like I should say something about this and make people aware of this. I would like other announcers, hosts, whatever, to kind of realize that too. 
Someone will say, well, it's not my responsibility. I said, no, but yes. People are listening to you. You are teaching them. You are making them aware of what's going on. Some people probably just don't even think about it, let it gloss over. Something you have to keep telling them what's good, what's not good, what's coming behind you that could really turn your life around or end up sending you down the tubes. I don't try to browbreed them. If they don't want to listen to me, they don't have to. A lot of people turn, you know, get turned off. Some people say, I talk too much on the air. I say, well, I really only talk, putting it down. I can tell you folks, I don't talk more than 10 minutes out of a two-hour show. 10 minutes is nothing, <laughs> you know. But that's the way I feel. We have, I feel I have an obligation. They should come out more. In fact, the women are more outspoken than the guys. I've noticed, TV-wise, radio-wise, the women have more to express. And not because you're sitting in front of me. You, for, if you ever listen, if you watch TV or something, notice the guys, notice the women. Women tend to come out more, come out with more issues, be more, it's more from their heart. They can feel it. Some people would say aggressive. We're more aggressive. But I, I like the way you put it. I say outspoken. I like the way you put it. We speak from our heart. Yes. Because we try to. Mm-hmm. Now, you put this show together. You've been doing this for 42 years in total. Somebody from listening to this show is going to find where you are. (laughs) What do you want people to walk away with after listening to your show? That they enjoy the music that I've been playing. It makes them relax on a Sunday night or like one of my lines, if you would do very special someone, Forgetting about all the troubles of the past week that you have gone through, what's coming up. This is your two hours of paradise. This is your two hours away from the madness of the world. You can just ease back to let your mind drift and enjoy. Okay, so one last question because everybody who knows I know you always <laughs> asks me this question. Oh boy. They always say, what motivates the music he plays? And what do you tell him? I don't answer that question because it's not my answer to answer. So I'm going to let you answer it now. What motivates the music you put on? Why do you choose that music? You know, since the pandemic, and we haven't been down the station, it's been a little more challenging because down the station... Literally, folks, I would have a list. Okay, I'm going to play this song, this song, this song, this song. I would walk in, pull my music, get ready to play my theme, and literally 30 seconds before the theme is about to end, I'm grabbing something else. I just changed my mind. I said, no, this is better. I'll start with this, and oh no, this song over here is better than this. I'll change. Doing live shows, you can do that. Now, we're doing our shows from home, producing them, and then sending them to our engineers to send up to our transmitter. Once you do it, you can't change it. So it's almost like a thought process in a way, but if you ever listen 
and I hope you do. Yeah, I know Doreen has. Sometimes, like I'll even say tonight's show that uh, Sunday's show that I have going. I catch myself because I'm I'm on a theme. There's a certain theme that's going. I was like, wait a minute, these people think I'm depressed or something like this. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to have to get a couple songs just to bring it up because they think I'm probably going out. You know, but I'll, I'll get into one of those modes. Some some days will be love everything. Everything will be, and I said, no, you got to have ups and downs. Sometimes I use the jazz as my in-between. So to answer the question, I don't, I'll have a list. I'll already have it there, but I change it all over the place. Like I just finished doing the show for this Sunday I must have changed about six songs. <laughs> and there was like seven songs. I said, oh, they'll like this. But no, I changed and went this way. Now I took some of those seven songs for next week's. And I guarantee of those seven, probably five of them I won't play because I changed my mind. But that's, my brain is not like everyone else's. I guess I just, I just go with the flow. Since you're not in the radio station, how does someone reach you if they want you play a particular song well there's a, a gmail it's fyp.wmbr at gmail and i tell people to get them in by at least tuesday because wednesday i'm putting the show together or i put the playlist up on the facebook page it's called wmbr slash for your pleasure 88.1 fm and you can put comments on after I send stuff out, in fact, the last couple of weeks, Facebook has been weird, and I actually sent up my playlist, and it popped up three days later. I don't know why, <laughs> but, you know, persevere with that. But I would tell people the best way is go to the fyp.wmbr gmail. And I get them, and then I'll find the song. I'll, I'll put it on. If it fits, sometimes they'll send some songs like, that doesn't fit with the show. I'll do their dedication. I won't do the song. And I'll even tell them, that song doesn't really fit with this, but here's your dedication. Well, I hope that everyone has enjoyed this interview because I did. And um, I just want to thank you. And I want to say, I've probably been listening all those 42 years. <laughs> um, so I guess I just aged myself. <laughs> but I hope that we have another 42 years of listening to it. Well, I thank you for having me come on to your maiden voyage. Thank you very much. And maybe we have time to go out with maybe a little glimpse of how you do your music and how you play your, your, your show. You could do that. Okay. On that night, I want to thank everyone. And I hope you've enjoyed uh, my first podcast. And I want everybody to come back. Um, if you need to know where it's going to be and where they can locate it, you can go to SalemUnitedInc.org and it will have various locations and where you can hear the podcast. And also it will be on SalemUnited.Inc. Um, SalemUnited. SalemUnitedInc.org. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm messing up my own seven-year uh, website, but it's SalemUnitedInc.org. And can they send comments to you too? Yes, you will be able to send comments, and we're getting ready to put up a podcast blog. Uh -huh. So everybody look forward to that as well. Sounds good.
Thank you. I will definitely check that out. Blue Magic from their 13 Blue Magic Lane album, Born on Halloween. I was debating between that one and Chasing Rainbows, but there's an ACRO slash WMOT record slash Atlantic in 1975. A Halloween song for you. This is 88.1 FM, WMBR, Cambridge, and on WMBR.org. The program, for your pleasure, I'm your host, Ray Antoine. The clock is ticking close to midnight. Not too much time left to play the music that you want to relax by on this Halloween Eve. Let me tell you what we played in the last set. We started off with the group Impact from their album Impact, One Last Memory. That was from Captain Al's R&B Jukebox Vault on Echo slash WMOT Records in 76. And Damon Harris was one of the singers on The Temptations after Eddie Kendricks left, was singing with his group. You could probably hear his voice in the background. He was not the lead singer. Then we heard from India Shan in the song Exchange. It was a single out this year on Epic Records slash LACA Records. Then we heard from Johnny Gill from his Game Changer 2 CD, Soul of a Woman and Jay Skills Records slash Cavalry Records LLC in 2019. And we heard from the Georgettes. Sounds like George Jetson, but the Georgettes. Free Me, single, I grabbed from Captain Al's R&B Jukebox Vault on Yodi Records in 1970. And we heard from Peaches and Her, Reunited, in a Too Hot LP on Polydor Records in 78. And it was a fax in black. Mark E. Dean, African-American inventor, computer scientist, and computer engineer. And we heard from Blue Magic. If you missed any shows, you go to WMBR.org, click on Archives, scroll down to the show you missed, click, we keep two weeks worth of programming, ease back and enjoy. Or you go to WMBR Track Blaster, find the show you want, you'll see when certain songs played, the album name, Possibly the composer, and any other pertinent information the DJ may put on. If you missed this show, the playlist will be available late Monday afternoon on the Facebook page, WMBR slash For Your Pleasure 88.1 FM. Now, back to more music as the clock is ticking for your pleasure. I'm your host, Ray Antoine. I hope your night is all that, if you know what I mean. Here we are together And everything between us is good I'm right in this cloud, baby Ready to fly, but before I take another step Would you catch me if I fall for you? Stay. 
catch me when I fall for you Cause I'm falling I'm falling, I'm falling Will you promise to be Oh, 